the Chair 2 Leaders Podcast with your hosts, Danny Smith and Ben South. If you lead from the second chair or you work with those who do, this is a place for you. We're glad you're here for conversations about the church, ministry, life, and how we can serve better for God's kingdom. Welcome back to Chair 2 Leaders. Glad you're listening in. This is the podcast for those who serve in ministry in the second chair and for those who work with them. I'm your host, Ben South, here with Danny Smith. We're glad you're listening to us and and hanging out with us for a little while today. Danny, how are you? Hey, Ben, I'm good. Hey, I thought about you the other day. I was, uh, yeah, I was watching your hogs play baseball, and man, I thought, thought it was going to be their year. And uh, I feel like they're getting close. I feel like they're going to break through one of these years. Uh, hats off to Ole Miss if you're a listener and you're an Ole Miss baseball fan. Hats off. But really thought the Hogs may have a chance. Man, the crowd, the jello shots. <laughs> <laughs> yes, I don't know any. Chair 2 Leaders does not condone jello shots, by the That's way. That's right. I don't know a whole lot about the uh, jello shots or that and, and typically I've not been a baseball fan but I've really gotten into college baseball this year still not a huge pro ba- baseball fan but college baseball I've gotten into it the one thing I will say is at least the Razorbacks were the one team that beat Ole Miss in the tournament so we were we were their only loss once we got into the World Series playoffs and stuff so well you know it's funny I, I saw a really uh, an interesting article um, well, I say article, it's a couple of headlines where Ole Miss was, uh, I think, with, let's say, a quarter of the season left to go. They were, like, in last place. Then they got beat in the first round of the SEC tournament. And then they just turned it on, just postseason magic, that run. Um, so it was really – it really was something to watch, and it is something for Razorback fans to hold their hats on uh, to uh, say, hey, we're the only team that beat them. But – I don't know. I was watching that, and just bear with me here. I saw some parallels that maybe we can flesh out here. And if you don't like it, you can totally shoot me down because, you know, I tend to to make some connections that aren't there. But when you're in last place and you lose the first round of the SEC tournament, how do you stay motivated for what potentially ended up being this long tournament run and i think the short answer in the sports world just win baby right that's what the las vegas well used to be oakland raiders owner just win baby that was his thing so obviously we know for Ole miss one win turned into two and all of a sudden national championships but maybe in ministry sometimes we get into the middle of summer it's hot it's you maybe you've been to camp you've had a vbs maybe you got a mission trip you're getting a little tired uh, maybe numbers from COVID years still haven't bounced back yet. Maybe volunteers quite haven't bounced back yet. So, you know, Ben, we talk a lot on this podcast about planning and budgeting events. We talk to people that do these things, but sometimes we just need a little motivation because sometimes the growth doesn't necessarily keep up with the activity and it can be frustrating. So how do we stay motivated in the dog days of summer and in the times where it just seems like we can't get people to either show up or to be a part and you just want to bang your head against the wall. Well, I think there's a good parallel there between the ball teams and ministry because I think really in ministry it's the same thing. I, I would imagine the coach at Ole Miss said the same thing. We're just going to go back and we're going to do what we know to do and we're going to focus on 
fundamentals and doing them well. I think that's what you saw in the baseball tournament. I mean, they, they played the small game. They did the right things at the right time, and they just didn't make major mistakes. I mean, there's little things that happen from here to here. They're here to there in different places, but they didn't make those huge mistakes, and they just stayed steady doing the things they know to do and what are the important things to do. So I think we can do that in ministry, too. We can really focus on those essentials. So when you get into that season, like this time of year, when you're exhausted from Bible school camp, trips and all those things and you're trying to squeeze in a vacation how do you keep motivated in ministry because you're still working as hard as you've ever worked all year long but it may be fewer people are coming to the events fewer people are coming to church because they're all busy too sometimes it just makes you want to throw up your hands and say i quit this week we're just not going to do it we're just going to shut it down for a little bit we're not going to do this ministry we're not going to do whatever it is because i'm tired of it and nobody responded how do you stay motivated i think you come back to some of the essentials i think the first thing would be realize why you're doing what you're doing what's the purpose why why are you doing this is it for you or for people to look at you or to have big numbers or is it to be a faithful minister so i think that's one of the things we have to really focus in on i don't do the ministry i do so that large numbers of people will come we hope hundreds will in reality most of the time that's not the case but I do this ministry because it's a calling from God, one, and I want to be a faithful minister to do what he has called me to do in this season of ministry. And and I think that's where you have to come back and look and say, why do I do what I do? Yeah, I, I like that. You know, there was a scene in the baseball tournament where the Ole Miss coach came out to talk to his pitcher. And, of course, the infielders typically uh, gather at the mound as well. And then the head coach was visibly um, – kind of barking at his players, uh, just, you know, really essentially asking them, look, y'all can either quit or you can man up right now. You can, like you said, you can, you can dig deep again and you can figure out why you're here and what you're doing. And I think that focus on the essentials, sometimes we just got to be reminded that, yeah, we're not here to be um, the biggest ministry in town. Maybe the Lord blesses your ministry and you happen to be that. But for the most part, for most people, we're going to be running ministries that we need to emphasize the faithfulness of not only your life and your ministry, but also the faithfulness of the people around it. So focusing on the essentials basically means we're going back and we're saying, hey, let's think about why we're doing what we're doing, what we're trying to accomplish. And again, it all goes back to Great Commission. Hey, we're trying to make disciples in this ministry. Yes, it would have been great if more people had showed up. Yes, it would be great if I had more volunteers. But in this time where you're just, you know, your motivations, lacking, you're, you're struggling, that focus on the essentials, that reminder is key. You know, I think of oftentimes in the book of Psalms, um, that some of those Psalms of, of frustration, uh, a lot of times what you would see the psalmist do is say, okay, here's how I was feeling, but then this is what I had to do. I had to go back to the temple. I had to look again to the holy place of the Lord. And so I think in ministry, we got to focus on that. Sometimes we have to take a step back and go, yes, the plan was good. Yes, the activity was good. No, it didn't have what we thought it would have. But ultimately, am I looking into my abilities? Am I looking into potential reputation? Am I looking into whatever other external marker for success? I need to go back and say, I need to look again to the Lord and trust that he'll take and use this ministry the way he wants so that we can make disciples out of it. So uh, focus on those essentials is a great point. 
that I think we uh, have to remember. One thing too, Ben, that I wrote down is, uh, and this is very, very, uh, this is probably the second, two sides of the same coin, um, but kind of not just focus, but, but locking in, um, I think on the fundamentals. I, I think there are times we have to ask ourselves, not just the why and the what, but how am I doing this ministry? Have I overplanned? Have I overexpected? And we've had some podcasts about that, so we don't have to necessarily rehash that. But, but how am I approaching the ministry in the summer or this fall? Did I, did I apps, did I look to another again an external marker rather than locking in on this fundamental of what we're trying to accomplish? Absolutely. And when you do that, I think coming back to those fundamentals, we, we need to make sure we're focused because in these busy seasons there is the opportunity for us to try to just start doing it ourselves and just doing it the energy of our flesh and that's going to wear you out quicker so we need to come back and doing these things to prayer to making sure we're spending time in the word to faithfulness in our own personal disciplines when we may be having a season of struggle in ministry so yeah i think we really have to come back to those another thing i thought of with baseball is there were so many moments in the championship series where the team was up or down depending on which team you were rooting for but they would have bases loaded and no outs or one out and the team um, who was in the field playing defense they're maybe they're up or down whichever and they're they're behind though because they've got three people on base no outs a lot of times it changed the picture well what do you focus on in that well you don't focus on we need three outs and you don't even really focus on we need an out well, for that pitcher, what do you focus on? We need a strike. We need two strikes. Then we need three. We don't focus on we got to get a strike out. We got right now. I've got to throw a strike. I've got to throw one good solid pitch that can either be hit and hopefully stay in the park, or it's going to be a strike. So sometimes we get so bogged down in this type of year because there's so much going on. There's so much we can be doing or we think we need to be doing that we we start looking at all the things we're, we're so far behind i can't ever get caught up what do we need to do i need to do the one thing that i need to do before the next step and divide it down into those small things that's what you have to do in baseball you can only make one out at a time and we need you know three outs which means nine strikes or you know catches to get those outs but we can't do them all at once we do one thing at a time and there were several times in the tournament where teams left bases loaded which uh, the right hit or another walk could have walked in yet another run and it could have changed the whole outcome of the game. But they came through with one thing at a time, one strike, one out at a time. And I think we need to do that in ministry. Don't try to solve everything. What can I do right now? What's the one thing today I can do that will help us get down the road in ministry? Yeah, Ben, let's flesh that out a little bit because I think uh, I think you're right. I think sometimes I have to take a step back. And, and here's what I'm, I'm learning, too, is that this is true across the board, whether you uh, are in ministry, um, whether you're a school teacher or you're in the business world, there are systems and there are processes in place. And so, for example, I, I'm in this insurance world and there are system and processes. So on a week where I am prospecting, a week I am looking for, you know, potential clients, you know, there's the twiddle your thumbs and go, boy, I hope somebody walks through the door. Or there's a grid that 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 we work through to go, 
here's how, and you do, you break it down into smaller pieces, you know, one pitch at a time, like you just said, you know, I can get all three outs at once, but I can get one strike across the plate. I can make one phone call. So maybe flesh that out for somebody sitting, listening, and they're just a little tired, a little overwhelmed. All right, they need to break it down. So what's that, what's a strike? in ministry what's going to be that strike across the plate for us so i think for me i I primarily am an education ministry mission so let's look at the education side maybe i just i have all this training i need to do for my leaders i can't get it all done the schedule's not working out so i do a big training but what can i do you know i can call one teacher i can do it on the phone call i can take them to coffee i can have lunch with them and say hey how's it going in your group is there any way we can help you? Just with one teacher and say, hey, I've been noticing your numbers in your class. How can I help you reach them? There's some things we can do to help you as a class and as a leader. That doesn't solve the whole problem, but that's one strike. And the next week, you can do one more teacher. And so you can divide that. Maybe you are the teacher of the class and you're like, I mean, people hadn't been coming. Well, make one phone call this week. Call one person who hadn't been there. Write one note that gets you down the road. Uh, maybe it's in any area of ministry you could use that with non people who aren't attending well reach out to one today just make one phone call um, there was a season when I was trying to do that and I was just like okay one every day I'm going to pick one person and just call them and just touch base say hey how are you doing just thinking about you anything we can pray about for you what can we do been missing you if they've not been there or just wanted to thank you for your faithfulness if they've been there every week and so just start moving down the road like that. I think that's a simple way to do it. And and maybe you've got all this planning you're looking at for the future. There's just so much I need to get planned for the fall or for finishing up the summer. Well, take one aspect of it. I'm the type that I become overwhelmed with the the mass of it that I just lose any ability to do anything. And really what I've got to do is break it down into small manageable pieces. I can't do everything today, but I can do this one thing. You know, I'm getting ready to take a, a mission team uh, to Guatemala here in a few weeks. And it's like, okay, I've got so much to do and planning and getting ready. I was like, what's the one thing? Well, I, one th- I can find airplane tickets today. I can, I can book the insurance tomorrow. I can do this one thing. Instead of, I've got so much to do, you become so overwhelmed that you get nothing done. And you're better off to break it in to those smaller manageable parts. So this time of year when things are overwhelming, don't try to do it all. Just try to do one thing. Get down the road a little bit more. Another strike, one more out in the the baseball game. Don't try to get it all right now because you can't do it all right now anyway. So in ministry, we need to be doing that daily, just, hey, just plodding along, faithful. Uh, maybe, Maybe... that might be an article or, or a podcast, Faithful Plotting. You know, just, just taking one step faithfully, one after the other, and it, continually doing the same thing. Yep, no, that's good. And I, I have to be reminded that sometimes when I look at my to-do list or just even just the inward conversations you're having with yourself, yeah, just break that down into smaller units. What's the most important thing here? Why am I doing what I'm doing? What's the strike? You know, being also in that tournament, sometimes you would see a pitcher. Uh, maybe he could not get on the same page with his catcher, and he would take a step back, and you could see him take a big breath, a big sigh. I think sometimes, too, in these seasons, you got to try to take a breath. Um, there are some places maybe you can take a two-day retreat. You know, you got somebody to cover your bases, but for most folks, that's just not possible. 
So how can we, in the middle of the overwhelmness, how can we take that break or take that breath rather, just stepping off the mound, catching our breath, recentering, refocusing on those fundamentals and essentials. How does that, what, what might that, if the first strike looks like a phone call, if the first strike looks like a, a, a note, maybe what does that breath look like for somebody uh, in a ministry season like that? There's a lot of things you can do in that type of season. And depending on your own personal um, likes and what you enjoy doing, what you do for recreation, some days you've just got to go take a break and get out. One of the things we do around here, we a few years, about a year ago, put in a disc golf course around our church. There's several times the last several weeks, one afternoon, there's about four or five of us pastors. We will grab our discs, run out there for 30 minutes, do two or three holes and and just take a break and relax and do something outside of the normal and come back in and finish the day strong. It may and be most of the time that was a short break, right? Because it was nine thousand degrees. That out is there, correct. So yeah, that is correct. <laughs> actually, a large part of our course is shaded, so it's not terrible. But maybe it's go and have a cup of coffee. I started doing this a week or so ago and I'm like, this needs to be a regular part of my life. I'll get up early and instead of coming straight to the office, I go to a coffee shop here in town and I just spend about 30 minutes to an hour, drink a cup of coffee there, take my computer, take my Bible, take my calendar and just, okay, what do I need to get done today? And I can actually get several things done there. Emails I know to me to be sent or just a quick little thing that I need to get done that I can get it done quickly there when there's no one else bothering me. There's no one coming in the office needing something, trying to start their day with questions. And I can get more done sometimes in that 30 minutes or an hour there than I can all morning when I come into the office. So maybe that's what you need to do is kind of put a some perimeters around you and a hedge of protection there to keep you from um, getting trapped into some other conversations or discussions, but can be a time when you can just focus and get away. That's a couple of things I do, but there are a lot of ways you can do that. Maybe just go for a drive. Well, when gasoline gets cheaper, maybe that would be a better option. That's a pretty expensive option right now. But get, just go out to the to the park, take a book, sit there and read. If there's a ball team in town, just go catch a ball game. Just do something to get away to let your mind rest so when you come back, you can focus on the game. And you see that in baseball all the time. If a pitcher is like, you know, behind in the count he's starting to get rattled man a good catcher will walk out to the mound and calm him down coaches will do that and they'll just say hey calm down take a minute step back then go pitch the ball and and sometimes we need that in ministry we just need to take a step back maybe somebody needs to come into your life and if you don't have someone let us be that right now and you just need to calm down take a deep breath and then get back to the work and that's what i think is a helpful thing for us in ministry and you may be the catcher that needs to go calm somebody in your ministry down. Because maybe uh, I, I think of a lot of uh, smaller churches that oftentimes will have a volunteer running VBS, for example, and they're frustrated that people aren't signing up. They're frustrated at the numbers. They're frustrated at whatever that it is. Sometimes you have to be that catcher uh, that goes out there and, and calms them down. So yeah, I, I think these metaphors that we're using uh, really speak to this idea that in ministry, it's a grind, man. And and, and you got to sometimes just focus on one pitch. Sometimes you got to take that breath. But we always want to lock in on those essentials. Um, and we need sometimes people to 
to help us. Again, I, I allude to the book of Psalms or appeal, one of those two. Sometimes I use words and I don't even know words I use. But uh, so we look at the book of Psalms and right, it talks about that the that the uh, correction of a righteous person to you, that's a kindness. That's a good thing. Sometimes we need to be told, hey, listen, we're fine. You need to slow down or whatever the, the advice may be. It, it, we want to be able to be that person, but also take that instruction as well. And you know what? I go back to the old Miss coach who was visibly really laying into his players. And sometimes we just need a swift kick to the backside to go, it's going to be fine. Just keep your hand to the plow. Don't give up. Listen, maybe the numbers won't be what you hoped for. Maybe the volunteers won't what you hoped for. But we believe eternally that God is using these things for his glory and our good. And we've got to rely on his sovereignty at work in these things that even when it feels like a failure on our end, we never know how God's going to use all of these things. I can't tell you how many testimonies I've heard in my life of people going, yeah, we planned this thing. Nobody came except these three people. But one of those three people ended up, you know, being a key ministry leader, five, 10, 15 years down the road who brought in many, many people all because of what perceived failure happened 15 years earlier. We just don't know. We just got to keep the end game in mind, right? There's um, an opportunity to serve the Lord and we don't want to get, let our frustrations rob us uh, of that joy. Yeah. And I think we've got to remember what is the end game. It's not success. It's not big numbers. It's not a lot of people doing that. It's being faithful. I remember reading a story, and I don't remember. I want to say this may be in one of Andy Stanley's books, but it may be someone else. But the story of a dad who went and told his son who was pitching there was, you know, there was the end of the baseball game, and they needed one more out. And he said, "Hey, God, son, do your best. If we win, we'll go get ice cream. But you know what? If we lose, we're still going to go get ice cream. Because in the end, that was just a sport." And the same thing with college baseball. In the end, it's just a sport. It's not end of the world. Now, in ministry, it is more than just a sport. But here's the truth. God is in control. And the outcome is his, not ours. Our goal is not to win everything. Because we don't know what winning looks like in God's economy, necessarily. Our goal is faithfulness. And so if, you have, if you're faithful in the ministry and 10,000 people come, in the end, God's going to say, well done, good and faithful servant. If you are faithful in ministry and four people come, God is going to say, well done, good and faithful servant. And so it's like the dad who says, it doesn't matter the outcome. If you do your best, we're going to go get ice cream. Here's the thing in ministry. If you are faithful to God, do it, you're working hard, working for him, serving him. You're faithful to his call, obedient as you can. Let him worry about the outcome, the fruit of it. He's going to say, well done, good and faithful servant, if you have been good and faithful. Well, Ben, that's a great word. And I, I hope that folks listening will um, will really take heed to that because, I mean, I've got to be reminded of that. And again, your people have to hear that, too, because there are some folks, they feel that way at the job that they're at. Man, it is a grind at work. And they feel the same way you do about your work. How can they be faithful in their non-church setting, just like you are in that church setting? So that's a good word, lots of good stuff. And I know that um, there's so much more that uh, we could probably say about it, but don't give up. Keep looking for the glory of God in this and let the Lord work in and through these things. And 
and just trust that he's going to bring a good outcome in it. So, yeah, Ben, that's a good word. Leave it to him. And maybe we've been a little bit of encouragement and motivation to you today. One other thing we'd like to motivate you to is if you know someone who needs a good college education or you need to go back and finish your education up, Central Baptist College in Conway, Arkansas is the place we want to motivate you to check out. So go to cbc.edu. Central Baptist College has great four-year educational programs in Bible and other areas, but also has that degree completion program in their PACE program. So check them out at cbc.edu. I hope you'll be motivated to do that. It's a great place to go and and get prepared for ministry. Yep, and I think they have a pretty good baseball team as well. So They do. You can find good illustrations like Ben and I did today to help you in ministry. So Ben, oh, good stuff, man. I appreciate you sharing all that. That's uh, I wrote a lot of that down because I need to hear it too. So. <laughs> well, we hope y'all uh, encouraged by it today. Hope you have a great week. God bless, and we'll catch you next time. You've been listening to Chair 2 Leaders. Follow us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter for the latest updates, and make sure you rate, review, and subscribe to Chair 2 Leaders wherever you listen to podcasts. Thanks for listening.